Welcome to The Kitchen Stories, the Jewish Museum and Archives of British Columbia's podcast where we talk about all things food. I'm your host, Leanna Glass. On a podcast where we talk about Jewish food, when it comes to specific dishes, the possibilities from around the world are practically endless. But there's one particular concept that is both fundamentally Jewish and food-related, keeping kosher. Eating according to the dietary laws derived from what the Torah tells us is, and is not, suitable to eat. Today's episode, Keeping BC Kosher Across Time and Space, is all about the people who've supplied Jews in British Columbia with kosher products, from the beginnings of the Jewish community here until now. First, I'll give a little historical background on keeping kosher in BC, then we'll hear about Kaufman Food Importers, one of the first businesses to bring kosher foods into Vancouver on a bigger scale. We'll also hear from two people who work to supply Jews living in smaller communities across BC with kosher foods today. While many of us may not stick to a strictly kosher diet, keeping kosher has traditionally always been a central part of Jewish identity and eating. This has also, of course, always been true of the Jewish community in British Columbia, ever since the first Jewish settlers arrived in the then-British colony in 1858. In The Rise of Jewish Life and Religion in British Columbia, 1858-1948, among other things, Cyril Leonoff writes about a few of the early Jewish settlers in Vancouver who procured kosher meat for themselves and their community. One such settler, Zebulon Franks, a prominent leader in the Orthodox community and founder of Franks Hardware Store, was the first to arrange for kosher meat to be brought into the city from Seattle. Another was William Seidelman, who acted as his own shochet, slaughtering animals according to a kosher ritual in order to keep a kosher home. In those early days around the turn of the last century, the Jewish community in Vancouver was largely based in the Strathcona neighborhood. By the time it reached its peak there before shifting further west in the 1920s, there were a few Jewish grocery stores and a kosher butcher shop in Strathcona. And there was a rabbi overseeing their kosher practices. A few members of that early wave of Jewish Vancouverites living further west were Ethel and Jack Kaufman, who moved to the Fairview neighborhood from Winnipeg in the early 1920s. Upon their arrival, they quickly realized that the Jewish community in Vancouver was still quite small and had limited access to kosher products. Kaufman Food Importers started as what we'd now call Jack's side hustle in 1925, when he started supplying his family and friends with kosher foods out of his and Ethel's basement. Here's Jack and Ethel's daughter-in-law, Myrna Kaufman, telling the story of Kaufman Food Importers. Jack brought in salamis, pickled herring, and kasha, buckwheat groats. He worked full-time as a trolley bus driver, and he would work on developing the business in the evenings. The Depression years and the time following were not good times to expand a business. However, when World War II ended and the Jewish population in Vancouver started to increase, Jack invited his son-in-law, Ed Friedman, and Jack's younger brother, Saul Kaufman, to help expand the business. Saul had spent his years of army service overseas in charge of stores, provisions, for the Canadian Army, so he was experienced in warehouse management. The Kaufman family had operated a farm outside of Winnipeg in the early part of the century, so food production and distribution were in their genes. The Kaufman brothers remembered that rabbis from Winnipeg had come to the family farm before Pesach to supervise for the Jews of the city, so being involved with kosher products was also natural to them. Food is a good business, 
Saul would say, people always need to eat. Once Saul and Ed joined the company, the business was relocated to 949 West Broadway. The upstairs of the storefront had a suite where Saul and his wife Frida lived for seven years. When the building was demolished to make way for the medical building that now stands on that spot, a famous local artist, Raymond Chow, drew a photo of the storefront as a classic Vancouver wooden building. In the drawing, he included a tiny menorah and a drawing of Saul's young daughter in the upstairs suite. Nowadays, we don't often hear of a family living above the store premises. The original drawing hangs in my home. At an early age in the business, Kaufman Food Importers became the sole distributor for Manischewitz products. Many of the products that were imported by Kaufman Foods were considered delicacies and specialty items. The old warehouse on Broadway near Oak Street had big wooden barrels of herring, wrinkled Greek olives, and kosher pickles all standing on the floor. There were jars of blueberry honey, wildflower honey, different types of fruit jams imported from England, tasty crackers and cookies, and of course, Carmel brand halava. The grocery stores in the 50s had very basic foods only and very little variety following the Great Depression and the rationing and shortages of World War II. The time was right for an importing business to expand. Kaufman Foods imported many interesting ethnic and specialty items and really improved the choices of food for the average shopper. One of the big retailers to display the imported exotic foods was the famous Woodward's Food Floor. Woodward's was a general department store that also had an amazing grocery department called the Food Floor with a special section for imported items, including those from Kaufman Foods. When Saul moved to Vancouver in 1946, one product that was unknown here was cottage cheese. Saul went to a local dairy and showed them how to make cottage cheese, and they started production of this now ubiquitous product. The business expanded, and cheese became one of the most important products for the company, especially European cheeses. Ed and his wife, my aunt Thelma, Jack and Ethel's daughter, spent many years traveling and buying cheese from Holland, Sweden, Norway, Denmark, Switzerland, United Kingdom, and others. By this time, another brother, Harold Kaufman, had arrived in Vancouver from the Yukon, where he had been living, and he also joined the family business. His job was to be in charge of the cheese room, which was an especially large, brightly lit room with conveyor belts and walk-in fridges. Large wheels of cheese were cut and vacuum sealed for distribution to many local grocery stores. The company was very proud of their new technology of using heavy plastic to seal and label each piece of cheese. The new products and packaging deserved a new name, and Meadowbell was adopted by the company and is still used today. After the Broadway location became too small for the business, the company moved to the Odlum location. When they outgrew that facility, a much larger and specially designed facility was built in Richmond with a large sign that proudly displayed Kaufman Foods. On a personal note, 
Those who had the privilege of knowing Jack Hoffman would agree that he was a man of great integrity, with an incredible work ethic, and was admired and respected by everyone. Jack ran Kaufman Foods from those early days until his death in 1968. His son-in-law, Ed Friedman, ran the show from then on for many years. The family's leadership, their partnerships with major stores like Woodward's, and their diversification into cheese in particular allowed the business to grow. As a 1975 issue of Western Grocer magazine reports, Kaufman Food Importers was, in fact, at the time, the main source of cheese in British Columbia. From what I can tell, Kaufman Food Importers merged with another company in the 1980s, and then around 2000 they were absorbed into another, even larger company. Which practically brings us up to the present. Over the years, other kosher food suppliers have emerged in Vancouver, and while there might be fewer options here than in other, bigger cities with bigger Jewish communities, there are nevertheless a number of kosher caterers and businesses in the city. Given that a lot of the historical challenges in finding kosher food had to do with the size of the community, who provides kosher food to Jews living outside BC's Lower Mainland today? I'm Leon Zettler. Um, I'm originally from South Africa, and I've been in Canada for the past 20 years. And I own Aubergine Specialty Foods in Victoria, British Columbia. Okay, so I'm Freddy Hecht. Um, I'm in, living in Kelowna, British Columbia. We're here for 10 years, and um, my husband and I run the Chabad here. So we're the directors, the chefs, the psychologists, the whatever we need to do at the moment. Leon and Freddy are two of the people who answer my question. Their setups are quite different, but they both act as the primary kosher food suppliers for their respective regions in their own ways. First, let's learn a bit more about aubergine. Being South African and Jewish, I decided to uh, focus on those two specialities. So um, we bring in a pretty good selection of, of kosher foods for the Jewish community on the island. We've got a full selection of kosher frozen meats. Um, we also carry hummus, uh, hot dogs, salamis, um, horse, the red meat horseradish. Uh, we got uh, kosher pickles, we bring in some kosher teas, and then we carry the Manischewitz line, so we got all the staples, the matzah ball mix, the matzah meal, uh, yortzeit candles, Shabbat candles, uh, tahinis, so it's a pretty pretty good selection. Uh, we can't carry a whole lot more than what we carry because we're only a 650-square-foot store. So it's a balance of being able to supply your customers with an adequate um, selection for their needs. Um, for the Jewish holidays, we do drastically increase our range of goods that we offer. Um, so, for example, for Passover, we go from two metro shelves to four metro shelves. So we kind of adapt to the seasons. Um, for Rosh Hashanah, we'll bring in honey cakes, we'll bring in... Um, kosher round challahs. We bring that in from Garden City Bakery in Richmond. We also do wholesale. So we've made kosher foods accessible pretty much all over the island. So in Victoria, Nanaimo, um, we've got a store up in Comox as well that we supply. We also sell uh, to a chain store in, uh, on Salt Spring Island. That's the country grocer. 
and um, they take grocery items over Jewish holidays as well. Um, a little island like Salt Spring has got probably uh, over two, three hundred Jewish people who live there. In addition to the physical store and wholesale outlets, Leon added an online ordering service to Aubergine's wheelhouse a little over a year ago, which ended up being really good timing. During COVID especially, the online side of things has increased dramatically. We've really doubled down on our efforts um, and we've really become really big um, online. And I honestly believe that that is the future of the business. And uh, we're going to keep on growing both businesses. The retail is a lot tougher, but it's, and it's also not growing as much as online. It was kind of sad, but last year, uh, March, April, when COVID really hit um, North America, um, we had so many seniors who were stuck in their apartments in Los Angeles and Montreal. Uh, they were hit really bad in Montreal. And then people in Miami and all over, all over North America looking for kosher foods because they couldn't leave their apartments or they were under lockdown. And we, we just went crazy supplying people with matzah and all of, all the other kosher products for Passover. And at one point we had to tell people, sorry, listen, I don't think we're going to get it to you for the first night of Pesach. And they were all very understanding, generally, and they still took their products. Even if they got it on the 7th or 8th day, at least they'd get the, have the mitzvah of having matzah for Pesach. Since then, we've grown 50 times bigger. Up in Kelowna, Freddy's role at Chabad is pretty different from what Leon's up to, but still involves bringing kosher food to the people in various ways. So really, at Chabad, like, we, we do whatever people need. So... um a lot of times we'll have tourists coming through Kelowna that kosher food. So we'll, we have a, like on our website, you can do a kosher takeout order, kosher food, and um, we'll prepare it for you. And it's hot and ready for your trip. Um, we also um, order in like maybe once or twice a year, like truckloads of kosher meat and chicken, because that's something that we're not able to get locally. Um, and then we'll just stock it in our freezer and then locals can order and, or just call them, you know, tell us what they need and come pick up um, kosher food. We also lately have been doing like people can order Shabbos to go because we used to pre-corona host people a lot for Shabbos. So now we're offering, you know, people could have a Shabbat dinner delivered to their house. So they're got their food going. Um, we also have challah like weekly for sale. We have, um, we also give that out a lot to people on Friday afternoon to locals in the community. Let them know that we're thinking about them. Sounds like Frady has the kosher needs of Kelowna and environs covered. Now that we know which kosher foods she's making available, here's what she had to say about the community she makes them available for. So locally, there's there aren't many people that are completely kosher. There are a lot of people that are very interested in the kosher meat and chicken hot dogs. A lot of people like the, that to be kosher in their home. There's a lot of tourists in Kelowna, I'm sure, I'm sure you know about. Um, so a lot of that, a lot of our kosher, you know, food that we offer people is what they, you know, they're coming to town, they email us, they want to know where they can get kosher. So we, we tell them that we could do the meals to go for them. We also like 
direct people to the supermarkets because there's so much kosher locally that people don't even necessarily know about. You know, so many people like will go to their house and like half their kitchen is full of kosher stuff and they don't even realize it because so many products are kosher. Um, so there's a lot of, you know, we kind of edu- do the education part of it of showing people what's kosher and how much, you know, how doable it really is, even though they live in Kelowna. At Aubergine Foods, Leon's strictly kosher customer base is pretty small too. In addition to Victoria residents who come into the store, he takes orders for kosher foods from outside of the city as well, often arranging for pickup from the Chabad house in Nanaimo for customers further up island. He's also got a few big, regular customers it's especially important to him to support. I do supply some of the synagogues with products for for, for their needs, especially uh, for the big holidays such as uh, Passover and Rosh Hashanah. I, I've always felt that it's, there's no... There's no reason to make a profit on the synagogues, and they generally get the meat at cost plus freight. So um, it's important for me to have um, a rabbi that can survive and uh, thrive in the, in the community. Chabad has also opened up a, um, a service up in Nanaimo as well with Rabbi um, Benzi Shemtov. So he's opened up in the central part of the island, which I never dreamed would happen. So wherever they go, people will come. So I think it's great for Yiddishkeit on the island that there's more Jews going to functions, more Jews uh, practicing their religion. And um, uh, I think it's uh, um, Judaism's got a bright future on the island. As Freddie mentioned, a lot of the demand for kosher products comes from tourists just passing through the area. On the island and in the interior, visitors sometimes find themselves in a tight spot when it comes to finding kosher food. But Leon and Freddie are always happy to come to the rescue. And sometimes they get a pretty good story out of it. I remember once, I don't know, it was a long time ago, when we were new here, probably like nine or eight years ago, there was um, a call we got from a, a train, like a tourist train that drives through, doesn't come to Kelowna, but comes through the Okanagan coast by Kamloops. And they're like, we have people on board. They need kosher food. Where can we get it? And we're like, well, like we can, we, we could do it if you need. It's quite a drive for us. So they were like really desperate. So they like paid for us to come out and deliver it. To, we brought it over to Kamloops for their kosher passengers. We also have a, a lot of times people who come for conferences. So like the hotels are hosting the conference and they're like all scrambling. Like they have people that order kosher and like, where are they going to get that from? So they've contacted us. I remember once actually there was somebody who ordered food and I was, I was, like due to have a baby like near that time and I ended up having my baby early so like literally like the day after my baby was born I'm like sitting there in the kitchen like directing my husband how to like put a meal together it was a little crazy but it's like there's nowhere else for them to go so it's like gotta just make it work there was also another time actually there was this um this guy in town that was he was he was a Hollywood producer but he was a, a Jew that kept kosher and he was um doing a set in Kelowna and he called us up like, where do I get food? And he ended up spending like the whole week having dinner at our house or taking it to go if he didn't have time to stay around. But we were happy to be here to be able to help him out while he was doing his, his producing his movie. So that was kind of cool to be involved in that. And he, he came to our Shabbat dinner and the community got to meet him. And you know they felt very in, you know, with the local going on, which was pretty neat. I mean, I'd hate for somebody not not to have their access to kosher food. So when people do come, tourists or 
business people or families, um, you have to be there for them. And that's what we do. We, we generally always help them out. Um, so actually, there's just no, there's never really any problems with that as well. Um, we also really have quite a good trade with uh, tourists, um, with American tourists, uh, Jewish families coming from Toronto in the holidays. Um, although that's kind of um, gone a lot quieter this year or last year because of COVID. But it will recover. People will start traveling again when things uh, get better. Both Freddy and Leon are obviously really devoted to making things work for their customers. But what sorts of challenges do they face in their efforts to supply kosher foods? For Leon, one of the big challenges is shipping refrigerated items to further away customers and how expensive that can get. In the shop, he also has to juggle aubergine's different specialties. Locals are about 60 probably about 60 or 50% of my business. Um, South Africans are about 40% of my business. And the rest would, would be kosher, between 5 and 10% of my business. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's generally it's pretty solid during the year. And um, uh, I'm trying to maintain the equilibrium of having the keeping the Jewish community um, supplied and because I've got such a small footprint and small store that um, have to have um, South African and uh, other local products to meet the needs of all the different communities that are supply. So it's a balancing act of keeping people happy uh, but also staying open as a viable business. Um, challenges. My biggest challenge, I would say, which is not even a challenge, is like sometimes I have to go to like four grocery stores in order to get everything I need because like Walmart has the kosher hearts of palm, but Superstore has the kosher cookies and then, you know, Save on Foods has the specific powder that I need. Like it, there's, you know, I know already, I mean, being here for so long, I know which stores have what, but I have to kind of go to all those stores to get it. So sometimes it's like a run around town before a holiday or before Shabbos. I guess the only thing that would be nice is if I could just like order pizza for dinner when I don't feel like making dinner, <laughs> which is something we don't yet have in Kelowna, like a kosher restaurant where we could just order out or like some evenings when I'm like looking, my husband and I want to like go out somewhere and it's like, you know, we can go have a coffee at Starbucks, but there's no like going out for dinner kind of things, which, which is nice when you're able to do that. So that would definitely enhance the kosher scene in Kelowna if we can open a kosher restaurant. But um, as a whole, it's very, like, it's very doable. There's so much kosher available. Um, I remember when we first moved to town, my husband, like, we give out a, we send out a weekly email. So every week he, like, included, like, a kosher product and where to buy it. Because, like, people were, like, shocked. Like, what? There's so much kosher in Kelowna? Like, and we're like, yeah, like, it's all over the shelves, you know. Um, the only thing that we have to bring in from um, out of town is the meat and chicken because that's not yet available. We're, We've been trying to get the stores to carry it, but so far we haven't had any takers. When it comes down to it, as Frady said, many processed or packaged foods available in grocery stores are already kosher these days. So the one big food product it's really important for both Frady and Leon to source specifically is meat. They both order directly from one of the few suppliers back east. 
In fact, the day I spoke to Leon was a delivery day, and he had just received a full skid of kosher meats at Aubergine. We had other deliveries to do, so today was quite a busy day, but we're generally getting kosher meats every, I'd say probably every six, six to eight weeks. Um, and uh, yeah, we bring it in, it comes in frozen from Toronto and goes straight into our freezer. And uh, we do a lot of specialty orders as well. Somebody asked me for uh, beef marrow uh, bones and somebody asked me for pickled briskets and, you know, we can get anything that people really want. So um, supplies are not really a big issue. Um, it might take about five days to get you, but everything comes frozen and uh, customers are appreciative of the fact that they've got access to kosher foods. Having access to kosher products is obviously essential to Jews who keep kosher, and Freddie and Leon clearly both care deeply about the communities they serve. But what else is it that makes supplying kosher food meaningful and important to them? It's interesting because kosher is actually one of those things that, that don't have a very clear, like, specific reason for the mitzvah. There's certain mitzvahs that are just like that. God just says, this is what I want you to do, and this is how you're going to get closer to me, and that's why we do it. And kosher is one of those things, you know, there's a lot of misconception around kosher. Like, is it healthier? Is it only a certain kind of food? Are the cows treated in a certain way? Or really, there's just a set of rules. And that's, that's what makes it kosher, because that's what God wanted us to do. And through doing it, it's, it's, it's what makes us Jewish. You know, there's certain things that just make Jews Jewish. And one of them is keeping kosher. Also, kosher, like food is one thing that as everybody knows, makes, you know, it, it becomes a part of you. It becomes part of your blood. It becomes part of who you are, depending on the diet, you know, vegan, keto or gluten-free, you know, like lots of people have different restrictions just because they don't want that stuff going in their body. Um, and spiritually also, it really, the food that we put in us really makes us who we are. So kosher food in that way is, is important to, you know, be careful and mindful about what we eat and not just whatever food comes our way. Um, and God kind of gave us those guidelines of how to be mindful about what we what we eat. And I'm I'm really I'm honestly very happy that I'm able to you know offer it to people people coming to town and you know won't wouldn't have any other option otherwise. So it's nice to be able to be here and be of service to them. When I first came here 20 years ago, there was nobody doing kosher foods. It was kind of an unknown on the island. I just felt that there was a need to have a a base for for kosher foods. Once you've got a store selling kosher foods, um, it gives the gives a chance for the community to grow and it's always going to be the place where people will come uh, to get their foods. And being South African Yid, it's kind of nice to have uh, Yids walking into your store as well. So I took a decision uh, quite a few years ago and uh, started selling kosher foods and um, I found that it was a viable uh, business proposition for me. The community is also growing on the island. There's quite a few people who come here from uh, back east. Uh, they want a milder climate. Um, a lot of retirees coming this way. And we've also got a few young families coming here as well, which is always good for a healthy Jewish community. I love being around my Jewish customers. Um, it's, it's a meeting place. Um, I do this again. Ten years ago, I thought, am I doing the right thing? And I can tell you right now that I'm really happy. 
um, the business is thriving, um, I'm successful, my customers are happy, um, and that's and that's where I want to be. So as long as everybody's happy, things are great. People are like, Kelowna, kosher? No way, but it's same superstore, you know, the same Walmart. <laughs> it's got all the it's got all the kosher products. So it's definitely doable. We've actually, um, when we first moved here, there was no kosher wine. Um, and my husband was learning, was studying with a guy who, who's a CEO at, the, at a winery here, a Jewish guy. And they're like, no kosher wine? We're going to make it. And they actually did. They produced two batches already of kosher organic wine made in Kelowna. So nothing's out of our reach, you know. If you want to make it happen, you can make it happen. We've covered a lot of ground on today's episode, at least 500 kilometers and over 150 years to be a little more precise. Each of the stories we've heard carries a common thread. From the early days of Jewish settlers in BC koshering their own meat, to Kaufman food importers bringing us up to the present, and aubergine foods in Victoria and Chabad in Kelowna supplying kosher foods across BC today, everyone involved saw the centrality of food to Jewish identity and did what they could to keep that connection possible for the people close to them. Thank you to all our guests on today's show, and thank you for listening. I'd like to take a moment to thank Myrna Kaufman again in particular. Before working on this show, I'd never heard of Kaufman Food Importers, and there was no record of the business in the archives. Myrna called up family member Tannis Boxer, nay Kaufman, and while most of the family members who were directly involved in the business have passed away, together Myrna and Tannis were able to recall much of the history of Kaufman Food Importers. They also provided me with a copy of the Western Grocer article mentioned earlier in the episode, and a photo of the original drawing of Kaufman Foods' first location on Broadway. You can have a look at both of these on the blog at jewishmuseum.ca. Thank you, Myrna and Tennis, for so lovingly sharing this piece of your family's story and Vancouver's Jewish history with us. The Kitchen Stories is produced by the Jewish Museum and Archives of British Columbia on the traditional, ancestral, and unceded territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh nations. You can find more episodes of the podcast at jewishmuseum.ca, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many other podcast apps. Be sure to subscribe so you can follow along with future episodes. See you next time! Thank you.